Hey, welcome in the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 76, more things developing. We follow the Jaguars and we try to make sense out of it all. The Jacksonville Jaguars heading toward a very good opportunity of winning the AFC South Division right now as we speak on this... Hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We certainly appreciate you tuning in. This is episode show number 76 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast being recorded on this uh, Friday morning, December the 30th. There's been some new developments as we move into episode show number 76 now. The Titans, the dreaded Tennessee Titans, lost to Dallas. And the final score of the Dallas uh, Tennessee game was 27 to 13. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Titans. Again, it was the Dallas Cowboys 27, the Tennessee Titans 13. Now, thus, with that loss, not only are the Jaguars in first place by virtue of the tiebreaker beating the, the Titans the last time they played or the first time they played this season, and they're going to play again, of course. But now that the Titans have lost to the Cowboys. The Jaguars actually sport a better record than the Titans. And what's interesting, I mean, the Jags were way behind the Titans just, you know, just three weeks ago. The Jaguars have come on, been hot. We must admit, the you know, the Tennessee Titans have been beaten up by injuries, but the Jags are losing players too. The Jaguars have lost Dewan Smoot now for the season, Cam Robinson. Uh, is out for the year. Um, so it's, you know, the injuries are mounting up for, you know, not only the, the Titans, but the Jaguars too. Uh, left tackle Cam Robinson out for the year, and he has a meniscus injury. Uh, Dewan Smoot's injury to the defensive lineman. And, uh, you know, I think when he went out with the injury, he was pretty close to being tied with the team in sacks. It's been more of a team effort with sacks with the Jaguars, but Dewan Smoot has had a good year. You know, he was on his second contract with the Jaguars. I heard somebody the other day said, you know, his future may be up in the air when he comes back from the injury because he may not be back until like October of next year. I hope he stays with the Jaguars. I hope he ends his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But as all as you all know, as you all know, it's a it's a business. Um. In my mind, Juwan Smoot obviously was drafted as a Jaguars player back when uh, back when Tom Coughlin was the executive vice president in Jacksonville. I feel like uh, Dewan Smoot was a Tom Coughlin pick. I will say that he's had a good year. He's played hard. He did earn a second contract. He got a second contract. Will he get a third contract from the Jaguars? That'll be interesting. But now the rehab, the tough work ahead. For Dewan Smoot, he actually had a really bad Achilles injury. And it doesn't look like he'll be back until probably what I'm hearing is maybe September, October of next season. And which would actually be 2023, October of 2023 or thereabouts, depending on how the rehab goes uh, with his rehabilitation of the Achilles injury. Again, Cam Robinson. You know, now out for the year with the meniscus injury, you plug Walker Little in. 
and he'll be the starter. The Titans lose to Dallas, which, um, you know, the Jaguars, I will tell you, the Jaguars are always in favor of the Titans losing, but especially, you know, when it's against the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And the Jaguars have a game coming up with the Titans uh, January the 8th. But we really got to say first things first, the Jacksonville Jaguars have, uh, again, their game coming up with the Houston Texans. First things first. Now, the Jaguars have the lead in the division. They're 7-8. and eight. The um, Titans are in second place, a half a game back, 7-9. and nine. So the Jaguars, they can beat Houston in Houston. They would be a full, one full game ahead of the Titans, even if the Jaguars lose in Houston to the Texans. And the point spread has come down. Earlier in the week, it was like five and a half points. Now it's down to four and a half points. Apparently, there's some money going on the uh, Houston Texans. So the Jaguars five and a half point, um, the, the five and a half point spread that Vegas was saying the Jaguars were favored by is now down to four and a half points. And one of my sources says, hey, he thinks he thinks the Texans will win this game. Well, I'm not going to go that far. But anything's capable of happening. The Jaguars kick a field goal and win by three points. I'm happy with that, but they don't cover the spread. For those of you that, you know, are scoring at home. Or perhaps even <clears throat> putting a little cabbage down on the game, right? So... First things first, this Sunday, January the 1st in Houston, 1 o'clock kickoff. The Jaguars, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Houston Texans. What does a win mean over Houston? Well, it would mean the Jaguars one game ahead. The Jaguars would be one game ahead of the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South Division, which would be great, right? However, you lose to the Titans the next week on January the 8th, then the two teams are tied, and... At that juncture, you got two teams that have split, and the Titans would most likely, well, they'd actually have, they'd actually have a better record than the Jags at that point, wouldn't they? Let's let's analyze this. If uh, Jacksonville loses to Houston, then the Jags are back to seven and nine. Titans are seven and nine. The two teams play in Jacksonville, where at one juncture former. Tennessee Titans coach Jeff Fisher said that Jacksonville was Tennessee's home away from home with the Titans. So a lot of this goes back to the old days, back when the Jaguars lost that AFC championship game in Jacksonville to the Titans. And that was the year the, you know, the Jags could have gone to the they could have gone to the Super Bowl that year. The Titans went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Rams by about one yard. You remember that? The Titans had a play. They got close to scoring, and the Rams stopped them by one yard. And that was the St. Louis Rams, by the way, and Kurt Warner and Dick Vermeil. So the history of this rivalry. It's difficult from that standpoint of saying, hey, they, the Titans beat the Jaguars. They beat us in the AFC championship game way back in the, the late 90s. The Jaguars were actually 14-2 and two that year, 14-2, and two, and lost to the Titans 
in the three games the Jaguars lost, because when they lost to the Titans, they ended up with three losses. They were all to the Titans that year. Can you believe that? Two of them were at home. So Jeff Fisher said it, and there's not too many people in Jacksonville that are Jaguars fans that really were ever too fond of Jeff Fisher. You know, when he was looking for a coaching job, there were rumors he was coming here. I, I don't believe he was ever coming here. So, and Jeff Fisher, man, I think he's, I think he's, last I heard he's coaching or going to coach in the, I believe he may be coaching in the XFL, which starts back up in, in uh, February of 2023. That's what I heard. I mean, I can take a look at what Jeff Fisher's doing. And, uh, you know, he coached, coached in the NFL for a long time. And uh, Jeff Fisher, I want to spend a lot of time on Jeff Fisher, but, you know, there's, a, there's obviously a, a history there. Jeff Fisher, no, no, he's not coaching. I no, You know, I actually built him up too much. He's not coaching in the – he's not coaching in the XFL. He was coaching in the – the World Football League. No, I'm sorry. The United States Football League. You know the United States Football Spring League last year? Jeffrey Michael Fisher, an American football coach, is actually the head coach and general manager for the Michigan Panthers of the United States Football League. And, you know, he's a former player with the Chicago Bears and, you know, coached them. I think, I think Fisher coached the Houston Oilers, I believe, the last year they were in Houston, and then he kind of made the transition to um, Tennessee. They actually were the Tennessee Oilers for one year, and they played, I believe, in Memphis. And then they got their new stadium in Nashville. Then they became the Tennessee Titans at that juncture. So there's some history. This whole AFC South division is, I don't want to say kooky, it's just different. I mean, the Jaguars... The Jacksonville Jaguars get a franchise in 1993. They start playing in 1995. The Indianapolis Colts were, or they were in Baltimore for many, many years. They moved to Indianapolis. So they're basically a new city, an old franchise, but a new city. The uh, Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee and become the Tennessee Oilers for one year, and, and then... When they moved into the stadium in Nashville, they became the Tennessee Titans. And then you got a new team. You know, after the the Oilers moved from Houston to Tennessee, then Houston gets this expansion franchise, and they're known as the Houston Texans. So it's all about really, really new, almost new franchises or either franchises that have moved to another city, that type of thing. And that's what kind of makes up the AFC South. What also makes up the AFC South is everybody in the AFC South, as of this moment, has a losing record. The Jaguars are at the top of the division at uh, seven and eight right now. Um, think about that. There's, there, and I think the NFC South is just as bad as the AFC South. The Jacksonville Jaguars lead the division by a half game over the Titans. The Jacksonville Jaguars are seven and eight. Tennessee Titans are seven and nine. The Indianapolis Colts are four ten and one. The Houston Texans way at the bottom at two twelve and one. But they're a dangerous team for the Jaguars because Houston last week beat Tennessee 
you know, an injury-riddled Tennessee team. And now you can almost start to say that about the Jaguars. Now that Cam Robinson's out for the year, Dewan Smoot is out for the year. All of these NFL teams, man, they got to suck it up. Next man up, what do you have left? Um, the Jaguars do have a little bit more depth on the defensive line where they can maybe absorb a Dewan Smoot injury, uh, perhaps. On the offensive line, Cam Robinson went down, and fortunately you had a high draft pick there, uh, mid-second round pick, I believe, in um, the Jags had two second-round picks that year when Walker Little was drafted in 2021. You had Tyson Campbell picked, and then a few picks later, I believe the Jags had, what, a second pick in the second round? And they picked uh, Walker Little out of Stanford, and Walker Little had been, I think, injured his, and basically in his last year at Stanford. But Urban liked him. Balky liked him because Balky signed off on the uh, on the draft pick. I know that the first round pick ETN, I believe that was an Urban pick. I believe Tyson Campbell, top of the second round, was an Urban pick in 2021, and possibly I'm not going to say for sure on Walker Little, but you've got a plug and play guy that's now been in the league, and he, you know, he did play some last year and played a lot in the preseason, and now he's playing again. You know, he. He actually has been playing the last, what, you know, game and quarter. Uh, he started the Dallas game. I, I think the backup offensive tackles going in to spell him, maybe in certain situations is what I'm hearing. But that's what you got. The Jags a little bit thinner. They had to go into the practice squad to get a backup offensive tackle to now back up Walker Little at left tackle. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to talk about Man, I think the Jacksonville Iceman won again, man. I, I believe they're, they've won 10 out of their last 11 games. We'll talk about the Jacksonville Iceman on North Florida Entertainment a little bit today as well. Jacksonville Iceman are red hot. I, I sent a message to Bob Arablo. We'd like to do an interview with you, and Bob said, great. And so we're going to be doing an interview with Bob Arablo soon. He's part of the, the management uh, group of the uh, Jacksonville Iceman. You know, they bought the... Uh, what's now referred to as the Igloo out there near Phillips and uh, Emerson on the south side of Jacksonville. Uh, Going to have a couple of, uh, understand they, they've, you know, they've rebuilt the place, remodeled it, and they've got uh, a couple, I think they've got two sheets of ice out there uh, to practice on. Uh, they're going to have an area, I think, for video games. Uh, I'm guessing a gift shop. That's one of the questions I'm going to talk to Bob Arablo when we do finally when we're finally able to do that interview with Bob Arablo, and I hope that comes up in the next few episodes. So, you know, thank you to Bob Arablo for saying he would do that with us, and uh, we'll get that worked in, you know, within the next few episodes because the Icemen are hot. The Jacksonville Icemen are hot on ice. They've won now. Can you believe it? They've won now 10 out of their last 11 games. The only game they lost was an overtime loss to Orlando. And we'll talk more about the Iceman coming up. Right now, though, we want to talk about elegant time travel. Everybody's got the Jaguars on their mind, right? And Tony Baselli is absolutely in the Hall of Fame as of 2022. He's part of the 2022 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
probably a Hall of Fame glass out there, too, that you could probably buy, I'm assuming. But but he's part of the Hall of Fame class in 2022. Now, your opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame to visit, check out the Hall of Fame Museum, the bust, the uh, films, the old game uniforms. Uh, there's so much to see at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you've never been there before, please contact D.D. McDermott. You'd be glad you did. I'm going to give you D.D.'s phone number. Where you can call DD. He's setting up a trip to the Hall of Fame June the 8th through June the 12th of 2023. And this is your opportunity uh, to go. That's Elegant Time Travel putting this trip on along with Dark Diamond Entertainment. Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presenting Going to the Hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, June the 8th through June the 12th, four days, three nights, free breakfast in the morning. Uh, comment accommodations at a major motel or hotel we we've done an interview with uh, with of course dd uh, mcdermott that you can listen to on past episodes as well and we're going to be doing another interview with dd mcdermott uh, coming up as well too because he'd like to uh, sit down and we're going to sit down and talk about the hall of fame trip june the 8th through june the 12th of 2023 hey sports fans come along with us to a sacred area for sports bands, the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. Book your trip or ask your questions. I mean, you can ask questions, any concerns you may have, and, and you can also book your trip. There's only 200 people, I believe, that are going to be going. He's got 200 seats available. Book your trip by contacting D.D. McDermott by phone at 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. D.D. McDermott has an email to Don, D-A-W-N, McDermott, at, uh, let's see, his email is Don, D-A-W-N, M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T, 32218 at yahoo.com. That's Don McDermott, 32218 at yahoo.com, and he looks forward to seeing you there. And again, to call if you have questions, concerns, or just want to talk some sports with D.D. He's a big sports fan, too. He, he's a former professional baseball player and former big-time college baseball player years ago. He's, he's been around. He's seen a lot over his time. I can tell you that. But uh, you could call D.D. McDermott, 904-442-3810-904-442-3810-904-442-3810 for Elegant Time Travel. And Dark Diamond Entertainment presenting Going to the Hall, Going to the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. This would be a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for you to go to the Hall of Fame. Chance to see the bust, view the old films, uh, take a tour of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Museum. Uh, there's also going to be a tour of the stadium, the Tom Benson Stadium, where traditionally the first NFL preseason game is played uh, in Canton, Ohio at the Tom Benson Stadium that holds it's kind of an intimate atmosphere. It'd be like a really large high school football stadium holds about 23,000 people. And you've seen it on TV. If you watch the, the NFL Hall of Fame game, which is normally the first preseason game when training camp, you know, right after training camp, right after NFL training camp opens up. Want to talk about Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs? Uh, go to our website, bigjreport.com, 
BigJReport.com. And scroll all the way down to our 24-7 North Florida weather information. And uh, right in the middle of the weather, you'll see a link for Saucerility and Capital. Whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, remember Larry Saucer and his staff at Saucer Realty and Capital. Whether it's uh, you want to sell a home, buy a home, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, hey, Larry's uh, doing real estate deals. He does appraisals also, and he's really, really big into the appraisal business as well. That's uh, Saucer Realty and capital, whether you're in, uh, in fact, Larry's sanctioned to do real estate deals in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake City, and most all areas in between, and a little bit south of that North Florida line as well. At Salsa Realty and Capital, you'll find their link and our weather information at BigJReport.com. Right in the middle of the weather, you'll find a link for Salsa Realty and Capital. Also want to talk about LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. Great internet radio where it's all good. And uh, LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. They have uh, Hits 2000s Monday through Friday nights in the evening. Uh, Early in the morning, recognizable hits. Monday through Friday during the banker's hours. uh, Rock Saturdays. And late at night, they also have something that's really unique they have the deep tracks album cuts and unique songs late at night that's on lakeyoufallahits.com lakeyoufallahits.com great internet radio where it's all good don't forget also the mad max mix the mad max mix wednesday night music request show that's the internet radio internet radio music request show with mad max it's called the mad max mix check it out wednesday nights uh six to eight central time seven to nine eastern time you'll find the link the madmaxmix.weebly.com you'll actually find a link for the show on our website at bigjreport.com bigjreport.com go to the neighbors two section or the outside the box section you'll find a link uh, for the Mad Max Mix, the Internet Radio Wednesday Night Music Request Show. That's a Wednesday Night Music Request Show with Mad Max. He's also our Georgia Bulldog football insider. Uh, so he may talk He may talk a little Georgia Bulldog football or SEC football during his show, but primarily he's playing great songs, classic rock songs, classic rock request. Um pop music requests from years gone by it's kind of a mix of pop music uh, pop music songs classic rock songs you might hear led zeppelin the atlanta rhythm section uh some of the other groups you may hear joe jackson gary wright from years gone by check it out the mad max mix madmaxmix.weebly.com and of course the show can be easily easily accessed by going to our website at bigjreport.com that is bigjreport.com go to the neighbors two section or the outside the box section to find the easy to click on link for the mad max mix with mad max each wednesday night we're talking about the jaguars the jaguars um, houston texans game in houston this sunday january the first the lines changed it was five and a half points the jaguars were favored by 
It's now down to four and a half points. I haven't really got the official word whether Trayvon Walker's playing or not. He's had a high ankle sprain. He's missed a couple of games. I believe he's missed two straight games. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go. The number one overall draft pick from 2022, Trayvon Walker, the kid out of Texas, big kid, about, what, about six foot five, about 200, and probably runs close to 265, 270 pounds. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go. Trayvon Walker, the big defensive end on the right side, for the most part, has been bothered by a high ankle sprain. I tell you what, hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and we're going to talk about the Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports. But expounding on the Jaguars and their chances of winning the AFC South title, the AFC championship, I mean, let's think about this now. The only team from the AFC South that has a shot at having actually a winning record going into the playoffs is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm talking about from the AFC South, that is. The Jaguars are 7-8. and eight. I think at one time this year they were like, what, 2-6. and six. So they've come from up off the deck, as, as we say, in the second half of the season. The Jaguars have won their last three games in a row. They've won four out of their last five. They started out the season two and one, then they were two and two, and then they had a slew of losses. And, you know, now they've gotten up off the deck. They've won four out of five the last three in a row. Now they're kind of where they want to be. The Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they'd like to have more wins at this juncture. Most every team would. I mean, they're still under 500. We're talking about a team under 500. And this city, Jacksonville, Florida, North Florida, they're going absolutely bonkers over the Jaguars. And the Jaguars have a losing record, but they're in first place. Uh, with, I mean, the team has had so much, has been downtrodden, so many losing seasons except for 2017, that any, any bit of excitement, which, you know, I'm hearing the jersey sales, the merchandise sales is back up. Uh, due to this stretch of winning, three-game winning streak, Jags winning four out of the last five, and now they're actually in first place by a half a game over the Titans. It's not by a, you know, it's not by the tiebreaker where the Jags beat the Titans the first go around. The Jags actually are in first place right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars are seven and eight. The Tennessee Titans are seven and nine on the season. And the Titans, uh, you can thank the Dallas Cowboys for that. The Dallas Cowboys knocked off Tennessee by two touchdowns. And uh, quickly giving you that score from Thursday night, December the 29th, the Dallas Cowboys 27, the Tennessee Titans 13. The Titans now are 7-9. and nine. Dallas, man, they got beat by the Jaguars 40-34 to 34 in overtime just a couple of weeks ago. The Cowboys firmly entrenched with a wild-card playoff spot. Uh, they'll have the top wild-card at 12-4. and four. Uh, Keep in mind the Philadelphia Eagles only have like two losses on the season. 
So the Eagles basically have first place nailed down, but the Cowboys will be a high wild card, probably the top wild card, I'm, I'm assuming, in the NFC. And then you got the Jaguars in the AFC South. Jaguars, seven and eight. Titans are seven and nine. Kind of crazy. You got two teams fighting for a playoff spot with losing records, but that happens in this day and age. You got um, in the NFL, you got 32 teams. You got eight divisions, and all divisions have four teams in them. Um, what would be really nice, I think a lot of really diehard Jaguars fans are thinking, man, if we win the next two, we go into the playoffs with a 9-8 and eight record, a five-game winning streak, and perhaps the Jacksonville Jaguars would be considered the hottest team going into the playoffs. And, and Trevor Lawrence, perhaps one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL. I've told people countless times, if, if Trevor stays healthy, continues progressing, he's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Maybe one of the top five or top ten quarterbacks of all time is what I'm saying. And I've been I've been saying that even before he was drafted. Uh, the early days when the Jags had, you know, a terrible year um, in uh, Trevor's uh, first season. What were the Jags last year? They won three games, I believe. They were um, – last year was the first year of the uh, 17-game schedule, right? The Jaguars went 3-14 uh, and 14 last year. So – I really felt like the Jags were at some point in time going to pick up some steam, start winning some games, and Trevor was going to gradually progress, and that's what's happened. Keep in mind the Jags have won three in a row. They've won four out of their last five games. They're playing well. You know, you take a look at the Jags' defense. You know, you had that Dallas game where, you know, you had the defensive back, Rayshon Jenkins' safety, intercepted a couple of passes, including the game winner, and overtime, the problem I have with the Jags' defense, they've got to improve the pass rush. They've got to eliminate the mistakes. But I think the Jaguars' defense has trouble stopping other teams. I really do. What, what I've seen lately is the Jaguars can win when the defense gets turnovers. It seems like that's the main, maybe at times only the, on, maybe the only way the Jaguars' defense can stop anybody, by getting those apple turnovers. We'll see what happens in Houston. Again, the Jaguars are not a five-and-a-half-point favorite anymore. That that point spread has dropped to four-and-a-half points as we inch ever so closer to game time this Sunday, January the 1st of 2023, the new year kickoff right around uh, 1 o'clock for, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans in Houston. Big win because if the Jaguars can win this game, they are – Officially, they would be not a half a game ahead like they are now. They're a half a game ahead of the Titans now. They'd be a full game ahead of the Titans if they can beat the Texans. Then what happens in that AFC South title game, you know, which is for all intents and purposes for the AFC South title between the Titans at the Jaguars on January the 8th, one interesting scenario would be if the Jags are a full game ahead of the Titans going into that game, the Jaguars could win the game to win the AFC South. If something crazy happened and the game ended up in a tie, the Jaguars at that point would still uh, win the AFC South title. And there, there was a tie actually earlier in the year between the Colts 
Let's see, the tie was actually between the Colts and the Houston Texans much earlier in the season. So the Jaguars started out pretty good, 2-1, and one, lost a game, went 2-2. Two and two. Um, You know, the Jags also, you take a look at the uh, schedule. I was looking at that a little bit earlier. And let me say, I had that, I had that pulled up. By the way, this is episode show number 76 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we are brought to you, by the way. We are brought to you, by the way, by Elegant Time Travel. Um, Dark Diamond Entertainment, uh, Saucerility and Capital, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com, and Lake Tupala Hits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. When you revisit the season, the uh, first game was a loss against Washington when Carson Wentz played almost like an MVP the first half of the year. Jags couldn't get a pass rush on him to save their life early in the game. They got, you know, Trayvon Walker. Um, did get a sack. I think that's the game he got the interception in, the one-handed interception, and had a good game, good second half, although Trayvon missed the tackle, I think, in the fourth quarter. I mean, I was looking at the good things, the bad things. Jaguars lost to Washington 28-22 way back on September the 11th. They beat Indy 24 to nothing on September the 18th. They beat the Chargers 38-10. to Back on September, Sunday, September the 25th. So at that point, you said, hey, this is not the same Jaguars team. They're beating some teams. They're beating some teams convincingly. Then they lost to Philadelphia on the road, uh, 29-21. And Philadelphia has had a great team this year. They're going to win the NFC Eastern Division. Then you look at the, the Houston Texans game. They lost to the Houston Texans at home back on Sunday, October the 9th, 13-6. to then they lost to Indy 34-27, and consequently, the Jaguars lost five games in a row, and they started out 2-1, and one, and then all of a sudden, they're 2-6. and six. Uh, They beat Vegas on Sunday, November the 6th by the score of 27-20. They lost to Kansas City. Everybody loses to Kansas City, right? 27-17 on November the 13th. At, at, I mean, that is a swarm at Kansas City, that's one of the loudest stadiums in the league. Probably Kansas City, Seattle, Green Bay is a tough team uh, or road team to play at. Jaguars beat Baltimore 28-27, to and that's kind of where the winning started. The Jaguars won at home against Baltimore 28-27 to on Sunday, November the 27th, and they lost to Detroit 40-14. to and at that point, everybody said, oh, it's the same old Jaguars. No, that was kind of a bump in the road. Detroit proved they were a good team because the very next week they beat Minnesota, I believe. So Detroit's an improved team with an improved offense. And if the Jags don't get the turnovers, they're having a hard time stopping teams on defense. But the defense is working on improving through defensive coordinator Mike Codwell, and they got to bring it the next two weeks too. So the last three games, the Jaguars on a three-game winning streak. The Jacksonville Jaguars with a 36-22 win over Tennessee back on December the 11th. The rematch is coming up January the 8th between the Titans and the Jaguars for all intents and purposes for the AFC South Division title. Jacksonville beat Dallas 40-34 to at overtime back on December the 18th. The Jags up in New York, one of their Better wins of the year. The Jacksonville Jaguars 19, the New York Jets 3. 
And now we come to the Houston game, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. And that's going to be this Sunday, January the 1st at Houston. The Jacksonville Jaguars at present time a four-and-a-half-point favorite. They were a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but the point spread is now down to four-and-a-half points. The Jaguars favored in Houston this Sunday, January the 1st at 1 o'clock p.m. The Jaguars favored by four-and-a-half points. For all intents and purposes, the AFC title game will be on Sunday, January the 8th. We don't have a game time yet. It could be 1 o'clock, but more than likely, maybe it's a 4 o'clock game or a Sunday night game or what have you. We'll find out. Well, after this weekend's games, we'll find out the, the game time. I even heard a rumor they, they could move the Jags and, and the Titans game up to Saturday on January the 7th. That's possible, but it is scheduled for some time. Sunday, January the 8th, but no official time yet. It'll probably be a 1 o'clock start, 4 o'clock, or maybe if there's a Sunday night slot, a Sunday night game, which would be a primetime TV game. I think it's going to be primetime TV no matter what time it is. After all, after all, it is for all the marbles in the AFC South Division. And you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, Jacksonville Iceman continuing to win. They've won, my goodness, they've won 10 out of 11 games. We are going to do an interview with Bob Arablo coming up real soon. By the way, if you're wondering about the last game, and they did win that. It was like, what, an overtime victory uh, for the Jacksonville Iceman. So we'll take a look at some of the scores of the games that are going on uh, right now. Let's see. I uh, see Florida beat Orlando. Florida Everblade 7. Orlando Solar Bears 4. Um, looking for the Iceman score. Let's see if I can find the Jacksonville Iceman score. Jacksonville keeps winning, though. They've won. Heck, they've won 10 out. They've actually won 10 out of 11 games right now. Um, the Icemen are actually... They're actually in a tie for second place with the South Carolina Stingrays. The Jacksonville Iceman with 17 wins, only nine losses, and one overtime loss. They've won 10 out of their last 11 games. And congratulations uh, to the Iceman on the victory. Let me pull up some more information because I really wanted to get the last game that was actually played. Let's see if we could pull up the latest results because I know the Iceman just won. I got some more results now. Um, let's see. The Jacksonville Iceman, they keep winning. Yeah, they had a big win over the Everblades back on December the 23rd, 5-1. to one. And again, they have won. Let's see, the Icemen have actually won ten of their last eleven games. Can you imagine that? That is, that is some pretty, pretty hot. That is some pretty hot ice hockey. So, the Icemen won. I, I did see. Let's see, I did see a score a little bit earlier in our group. Let's see. Let's pull up the score we've got. Iceman keep on winning, though. I will tell you that they won two to one. It looks like that was the. It looks like that was the Everblades, I believe. The uh, Jacksonville Iceman two, the Everblades one, and let's see, the uh, Iceman had. Um, 
about 24 shots on the net. The game was decided in overtime. In fact, I saw a highlight of that game, which was called the electric play. And uh, we did share that with our BigJReport.com Facebook group. Um, been, been some big crowds at the Iceman games, too. I saw a post in the Iceman group. It looks like there was, seems like there was close to 8,000 people at the, uh, the last game, actually. The last home game. Been some really, really uh, big crowds. And the fan support is is incredible. I remember when I moved back to Jacksonville, there was no hockey team. There was kind of that period of time where there was no hockey team. And when I was a kid growing up, we had the Rockets, the Barons, the Lizard Kings, the uh, Jacksonville, who else? Who, who else? The Jacksonville Bullets. I think the team was called the Barracudas at one time. And then there was no hockey for a stretch of, I want to say, what, four, five, six years or more. And now the Jacksonville Icemen. I've been in Jacksonville, I think, six years. I'll get the official count. I believe this is the sixth year, the either the fifth or sixth year of the Jacksonville Iceman. That'll be a question we pose to Bob Arabolo. But, I mean, it's been great to have hockey back in Jacksonville the last five or six years. The Icemen are hot. They've won 10 of their last 11 games. So congratulations to Bob Arabolo. And, of course, the Jacksonville Iceman. Uh, North Florida Entertainment. And the Icemen are a part of that, winning 10 out of the last 11 games. They play their games at the Five Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. So check out an Iceman game. I will tell you, Jacksonville Iceman hockey is probably one of the best family values, entertainment values, probably one of the best entertainment values in North Florida. So check out an Iceman game uh, right here in Jacksonville at the arena downtown at the Five Star Veterans Memorial Arena. I'm going to take a look at some. Uh, we're going to take a look at some North Florida entertainment. Uh, let's see uh, shows that are scheduled. And first of all, we will mention the Wednesday night musical quest show from seven o'clock until nine o'clock Eastern time. That's six o'clock until. 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. The Mad Max Mix can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. It also can be accessed by going to our website at bigjreport.com and going to the Neighbors 2 section or the Outside the Box section. In the Outside the Box section, we got an interesting article, a short article about Mad Max and the Mad Max Mix, uh, the Internet Radio Musical Quest Show on Wednesday nights the Mad Max Mix, madmaxmix.weebly.com. Uh, here's an interesting show in our listing of concerts in North Florida, Classic Mu Music Group America. That's the Classic Music Group America. We'll be performing live at the Florida Theater in downtown Jacksonville, Florida, on January the 20th of 2022 with a showtime at 8 o'clock p.m. Also from Chris Parker with the local North Florida band Psychic Deli. Quoting Chris Parker, Chris says Psychic Deli has another show lined up for the Voussoir on January the 21st of 2023. This is the main show that was scheduled some time ago on January the 21st of 2023. Psychic Deli is live and kicking at the Voussoir in Atlantic Beach, Florida on January the 21st of 2023. It's still on schedule for that January the 21st of 2023 at the Voussoir in Atlantic Beach, Florida. On the books officially, Psychic Deli 
at the Boost War in Atlantic Beach, Florida on January the 21st. And again, we want to say special thank you uh, to, of course, uh, Chris Parker with the local North Florida band Psychic Deli for keeping us up to date with that group. I want to say hello to Chris Parker, also guitar player TJ Overman. Uh, with Psychic Deli and the rest of the band, too. Great guys. Check them out soon. They'll be at the Boussoir on January the 21st in Atlantic Beach, Florida. That's Psychic Deli, January the 21st of 2023. On the books officially at the Boussoir in Atlantic Beach, Florida. And again, special thanks to uh, Chris Parker for keeping us informed about local North Florida band Psychic Deli. Also came across this one, the Beach Boys uh, will be in St. Augustine, Florida on Saturday night, February the 25th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the St. Augustine, Florida, St. Augustine Amphitheater. Also, Journey and Toto coming to Jacksonville, Florida soon in just a few months on Sunday, February the 26th of 2023. That show at 7.30 p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Again, that's uh, Toto and Journey. Journey and Toto coming to Jacksonville, Florida soon, and actually just a few weeks from now, on Sunday, February the 26th of 2023, at 7.30 p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial, Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville, Florida. Your chance to see Toto and Journey again at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. That show on Sunday, February the 26th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. Again, at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Your chance to see Toto and Journey right here in North Florida. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We check, you know, we keep you up to date with the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Try to make sense out of it all. We check North Florida Entertainment and other area sports. We'll take a look at some of the college football bowl games. The Gator Bowl going on today, December the 30th. We'll have a result a little bit later. It's uh, Notre Dame playing South Carolina, and traditionally Notre Dame brings a lot of people. South Carolina brings a lot of people. So I'm looking for a pretty decent crowd for the Taxlayer Gator Bowl game. Uh, today on December the 30th, Notre Dame playing South Carolina kickoff on December the 30th. That's going to be at 3.30 p.m., and it's broadcast live on ESPN as well. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Stand by and stay tuned. Hey, welcome in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to take a look at the college football bowl games, kind of catch you up to date. If you've listened to our past podcast, you'll know that we, you know, kind of started with the very first bowl game and moved all the way down. Um, been a lot of bowl games going on the last couple of days, last two or three days. Let's uh, review some of the games. Uh, Quick Lane Bowl uh, back on. December 26th, New Mexico State defeated Bowling Green 24-19. Georgia Southern came up short against Buffalo. 
Let's take a look at that one. Buffalo 23, Georgia Southern 21, back on December the 27th. That was an early 12 noon kickoff. The Cam- the Camellia Bowl. That's right, the Camellia Bowl. Georgia Southern losing to Buffalo. Buffalo 23, Georgia Southern 21. The Serb Pro First Responder Bowl uh, featured Memphis uh, blasting Utah State. Serb Pro First Responder Bowl. Memphis uh, 38, Memphis State 38, Utah State 10. Wow, Memphis 38, Utah State 10. That game was played back on December the 27th. That was the uh, actually the first responder bowl. In the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl, East Carolina. Let's see, East Carolina got the best of... Coastal Carolina. And pretty good, pretty good uh, output of points by East uh, Carolina in this bowl game. Yeah, I had to. I had to kind of do a double take on that score. I knew East, East Carolina scored a lot of points. East Carolina 53, Coastal Carolina 29, the final score on December the 27th. Against the East, it was the East Carolina Pirates 53, the Coastal Carolina Chanteliers. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Chanteliers. Um, so Coastal Carolina lost that one, 29 to 53. East Carolina 53, Coastal Carolina 29, on December the 27th, and that was actually the Birmingham Bowl. That game was played December 27th. Also on December the 27th, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Um, let's see, Wisconsin. Wisconsin out of the Big Ten won that game over Oklahoma State. Wisconsin 24, Oklahoma State 17 on December 27th. That game was played late at night, too, in the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, Military bowl. Military bowl. UCF playing Duke. Man, this was a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, Duke hammered, literally hammered UCF. Duke 30. Central Florida 13, Duke 30, UCF 13 back on December the 28th. Um, Somebody pointed out to me the other day that Florida State is the only team in the state of Florida that's won a bowl game because UCF definitely came up short, didn't they? That's exactly right. It was Duke 30, Duke from the ACC 30, and UCF, they're from the – what is the name of that conference? The I believe it's the AAC. And uh, we, we do know in the future UCF is going to attempt to go into the Big 12. And I think that's going to happen about the time Oklahoma and Texas uh, both move to the Southeastern Conference. So UCF will be one of the teams <clears throat> moving to the Big 12 eventually, along with, I believe, Cincinnati and uh, BYU. Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and there's one other school, I think Houston, maybe the other school moving uh, to the Big 12. So, again, Duke hammered Central Florida. Duke 30, UCF 13, the final. 
on December the 28th. That was the Military Bowl. Wow, that is right. The Military Bowl, Duke 30, UCF 13, a final on December the 28th. And the Liberty Bowl. The Liberty Bowl has some history in Memphis. Um, it's where Bear Bryant, coach at Alabama, coached his final game, and he went out a winner in the Liberty Bowl. This year's Liberty Bowl band kind of lived up to some pretty good hype, if there was any. Arkansas and Kansas. Some people call Arkansas Arkansas, right? So you got Arkansas playing Kansas. The Arkansas Razorbacks, who really had a pretty good team. Uh, however, they lost some close games, including I know Liberty uh, beat them by three points during the um, the season. Um. I was going to say something about Coastal Carolina losing to East Carolina, too. The uh, Coastal Carolina team lost their coach. He's going to Liberty. Sometimes that type of thing comes into play during the bowl games, I'm finding out, especially when you're when you're talking about, you know, the transfer portal, the, the transfer portal now, players opting out out of the bowl game. Um Players transferring, new coaches going out, coming in. I mean, college football is a lot different. And I guess East Carolina fully took advantage of Coastal Carolina's coach leaving, and he's going to Liberty. And there was a little bit of an article on, I believe I had the, a little article on Liberty hires uh, Jamie Chadwell, the former coach of uh, Coastal Carolina. That hire took place. I believe back around December the 4th, as you know, Liberty lost their coach. Hugh Freeze went to Auburn. That kind of sets that coaching carousel into motion. So the um, Liberty coach uh, leaves. That's um, Hugh Freeze leaves Liberty, goes to Auburn. And Liberty has a few days back hired uh, Jamie Chadwell, the former coach from Coastal Carolina. Does that affect a, a team preparing for a bowl game? I, I would say so. And, um, you know, Coastal Carolina gave up 53 points to East Carolina. East Carolina 53, Coastal Carolina 29 back on December the 27th in the Birmingham Bowl. Again, reviewing the guaranteed rate bowl, we had um, – Wisconsin from the Big Ten defeating Oklahoma State from the Big 12. Wisconsin 24, Oklahoma State 17 back on December the 27th. Again, UCF and Gus Malzone. Coach Gus Malzone, a loser in this bowl game. In the military bowl, Duke hammered UCF. Duke 30, UCF 13 the final on December the 28th. Arkansas in a game that went apparently three overtimes. I did not watch this game. I heard about this game. And, man, there was, uh, you know, obviously the point total went over if you're playing the over-under, right? Had to have gone over. I don't even know what the over-under was, but the score ended up being 55 to 53. That's that's over. That's well over 100 points by both teams, if my math is right, and I believe it is. The Liberty Bowl, again, it was uh, Arkansas 55, Kansas 53, the final. And that game was uh, back on... December the 28th. In the Holiday Bowl, the Oregon Ducks came from behind to defeat the North Carolina Tar Heels from the ACC Conference. It was Oregon from the Pac-12. The Pac-12 won some conference games, or I should say won some bowl games, is what I'm trying to say. Oregon won a bowl game. 
Washington won their bowl game. In the Holiday Bowl, Oregon 28, North Carolina 27. Close game. Again, it was a come-from-behind victory by the Oregon Ducks in the Holiday Bowl back on December the 28th. Uh, it was Oregon 28, North Carolina 27th in the Holiday Bowl. In the Texas Bowl, Texas Tech came in. Man, they hammered Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss, man, they went down the tubes. At one time, Ole Miss was was 8-1. and one. They ended the regular season up 8-4. and four. They lost that traditional Egg Bowl game to, to the late Mike Leach, who coached his last game before he passed away. Mississippi State won that game over Ole Miss 24-22. Ole Miss still had a good season at eight and four, but it could have been better. They were eight and one. They lost their last three regular season games, and now they have lost the bowl game. They really finished up in a poor fashion. You'd start out eight and one, and counting the bowl game now, they've lost four games, their last four games in a row, and they gave up 42 points. I think Lane Kiffin's got to turn his attention to the defensive side of the ball at this point and get some guys on defense or something. Texas Tech 42, Ole Miss 25, the final on December the 28th. Again, that was the Texas Bowl. Pinstripe Bowl had um, Minnesota. Minnesota, that's right, the Pinstripe Bowl. The Pinstripe Bowl had Minnesota defeating Syracuse. Minnesota from the Big Ten 28, Syracuse from the ACC 20. Again, Minnesota. 28 Syracuse 20, the final score in the Pinstripe Bowl. Pinstripe Bowl was played back on December the 29th. And this was a this was a good one. Florida State, man, they finished on a high note. They got a shot to be finished in the, or I should say Florida State, the FSU Seminoles have a shot, believe it or not, of finishing in the top 10, and they probably will, depending on how the other bowl games play out. FSU finishes strong, and... Man, this is a this is a ten win season uh, for Florida State. That's a, that's amazing, and I've I've told people all along. And again, I'm not a Florida State fan. I I have been rooting for Coach Mike Norvell, but I'll tell you what. What's uh, really cool about this particular bowl game? I actually picked Oklahoma to win this game, but I was torn. And the reason why I was torn about picking this game was because Oklahoma, you know, they look really, really bad, like midway and even late in the season. Then they finally played a really good game at the end of the season. So I thought they were kind of on their way back. I kind of had this feeling Florida State might, you know, lay an egg in the bowl. But, man, give uh, Coach Mike Norvell credit. They won the game uh, 35-32. This is a 10-win season. Florida State finishes 10-3. and They also beat my Florida Gators. And uh, FSU now 10-3, and three, and they're going to finish somewhere, I, I believe, somewhere near or in the top 10. Florida State wins that bowl game. As we review some of the bowl action, Florida State 35, Oklahoma 32 back on December the 29th. And believe it or not, the Cheez-It Bowl. How would you like to play in the Cheez-It Bowl? Might be some good snacks there. Uh, Florida State 35, Oklahoma 32 back on December the 29th. Washington from the Pac-12 also won. They beat Texas. Man, Texas is going to get a wake-up call when they come to the SEC. Texas, you know, if they don't really turn things around there in kind of a big way, man, I, I could see Texas at the toward the bottom of the Western Division if they're in the West and 
I'm assuming the SEC is going to keep the division thing going. They'll have enough teams they could almost go to three divisions. But two divisions, I keep, you know, and then I hear this, I hear a lot of talk about they may just go to one super division, SEC. Here's all the teams who wins. Here's the seeds, how they're seeded. It's the way college football is going. But if they keep the East and West, I can see Oklahoma and Texas going in the West and maybe even, can you can you fathom this, Alabama and Auburn moving to the East maybe? How about that? Is that a possibility? We'll see what happens. Time will tell. You never know from one year to the next what the mothership ESPN is going to decide to do because they're running college football. They've got more power. They've got more power than than the uh, presidents of the universities do now as far as football goes. And, and, and that kind of teeters and kind of uh, trickles down to all the athletic departments, football. That's the, you know, the big time uh, moneymaker. College football is changing. So we pick back up with the scores real quick. Uh, Florida State 35, Oklahoma 32. That was back on December the 29th. That was the Cheez-It Bowl, Florida State 35. The Oklahoma Sooners 32, a final on December the 29th. Washington Huskies beat Texas, as I mentioned a moment ago. Washington 27, Texas 20, a final on December the 29th. Washington's victory over Texas was in the Alamo Bowl. Washington 27, the Texas Longhorns 20, back on December 29th. In the Mayo Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Man, whatever happened to the Blue Bonnet Bowl? That was one of my favorites back in the day. Man, you win seven, eight games. You win six, seven, eight games. You're probably going to play in the Blue Bonnet Bowl. I know Florida played in the Blue Bonnet Bowl years ago, early 80s, I think. I used to watch that game every year, the Blue Bonnet Bowl. You have to love college football to watch the Blue Bonnet Bowl. And now there's not even a Blue Bonnet Bowl. Maybe this is the closest thing to it, Duke's Mayo Bowl. What many points in this one? This was a kind of a cool matchup. Maryland, now from the Big Ten, used to be in the ACC. They played North Carolina State from the ACC. So it's like an old ACC matchup. Maryland won the game. The Maryland Terrapin 16, the North Carolina State Wolfpack 12, back on December the 30th in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Chip Kelly and UCLA got beat by Pitt. Man, this was a pretty good game. Pitt 37, UCLA 35 on December the 30th in the, how about this one? The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So the Sun Bowl has uh, Pitt winning it. Pitt 37, UCLA 35. So the Pitt Panthers win a bowl game back on December 30th. Now I'm going to tell you what, maybe, man, this one's near and dear to my heart, the Gator Bowl. You know, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, I'll just say, you know, it's a Gator Bowl. And glad they've got the old name in here playing at TIA Bank Field. There was a large crowd there. Let me let me congratulate the Gator Bowl Association for picking these two teams. Now, I know a lot of these bowl games get slotted teams, and but they, you know, they do make the selections. They send out the invitations, I think, just like the old days. This is a good matchup, South Carolina and Notre Dame. The great thing for the Gator Bowl is both of these schools, universities, fan bases, they bring people. Notre Dame brings their crowd to the game. South Carolina is really good. I remember years ago throwing Clemson into the mix. They would bring probably 
30,000 people to Jacksonville. I remember years ago when I was like a you know teenager and first got into radio, I, I remember Clemson. I remember the game, you know, Woody Hayes tried to hit the Clemson player on the sidelines, and that was the last game he ever coached. Uh, and that was here in Jacksonville at the Gator Bowl years and years ago. That would have been um, – that should have been an early 80s game, 79, 80. And when I first broke into radio – and worked for the godfather of sports radio, Jay Solomon, around 1979, 1980. And uh, we worked, consequently, we kind of parlayed it into, that's an interesting word, parlayed. We kind of inter- we kind of parlayed it into like a well over 20-year career in radio, working at many, many terrestrial radio stations, AM, FMs, for many, many years after that. Now we're doing the podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And we've got our website at bigjreport.com, of course. Back to the bowl games. Okay, Notre Dame and South Carolina. This may have been the best bowl game. You know, it's kind of near and dear to my heart because it's being played here in Jacksonville. But they brought the people. I What I heard was it was well over 60,000 at this bowl game. I think um, we, we were hearing stories that maybe standing room only. I think there were maybe less than 2,000 people away from capacity. It was well over, and I'll have to try to get a final attendance count on this game, but it was well over 60, 65,000 in attendance. And the fans there got a great game, too. It went back and forth, back and forth. Both teams had the lead at one time or another. Notre Dame ended up winning the game. Notre Dame 45, South Carolina 38. On December the 30th, it was a great kickoff time at 3.30 where, you know, the kids can go to the game and it's not a game late at night or anything. That was a tax slayer. Gator Bowl, Notre Dame 45, South Carolina 38, the final on December the 30th. Um, John Gaylor went to the game. John Gaylor, who uh, is in our BigJReport.com Facebook group, I message with John. He gives us a lot of good insight and information and scores and we appreciate john gaylor so much he's in our facebook group our bigjreport.com facebook group john gaylor was at the game had good seats there i think he was in the one somewhere in the 100s had some good seats for this game and man he saw he saw one heck of a game i've been to many gator bowls over my lifetime and i didn't go to this one man this was a good game to go to notre dame 45 south carolina 38 big crowd we know about Notre Dame's fan base, you know, Rudy and all of that. And South Carolina's biggest fan might be the guy from Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, man, Darius Rucker, right? Uh, Notre Dame 45, South Carolina 38, a final. Uh, South Carolina's got to be Steve Spurrier's second favorite college, right? Next to Florida. Because uh, he coached at South Carolina for many years. Uh, Coach Spurrier's got a little bit of a you know, a soft, plate in his, plate, a soft place in his heart for Duke as well. He coached at Duke and South Carolina and longtime coach with many SEC championships at Florida. So he's probably pulling for South Carolina a little bit in this one, but they fell short. Notre Dame 45, South Carolina 38 back on December the 30th in the ta- Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Again, Notre Dame 45, South Carolina 38, a final on December the 30th. That's in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And moving along here, you got the, believe it or not, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Pretty good game here. Um, 
Wyoming, the Wyoming Cowboys. Let's see, the Wyoming Cowboys playing the Ohio Bobcats. The Ohio Bobcats from the MAC Conference, the Mid-American Conference, defeated Wyoming from out west. The Ohio University Bobcats 30, Ohio Bobcats 30, Wyoming Cowboys 27, the final score. That was on December the 30th in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. In the Capital One Orange Bowl, I saw this score and I said, man, these two teams should be playing in the Orange Bowl. And they did. A lot of orange on the field, a lot of orange in the name of the bowl. And they're actually playing this game two days earlier than they used to, which I'm not saying I have a problem with it, but, you know, times are changing in college football without a doubt. In the Capital One Orange Bowl, Capital One Orange Bowl, a lot of orange. Tennessee wins at Tennessee, and their coach had a great year. And the guy's only been there two years, Josh Heupel. Tennessee wins the Orange Bowl game. They finish up their their season at 11-2. Tennessee 31, Clemson 14 on December the 30th. That was on December the 30th, the Capital One Orange Bowl. Tennessee 31, Clemson 14, the final. Uh, Clemson finishes their year. They were ACC champions again, but they finished their season 11-3. and three. And they were in the championship game, so they played. They, they were in the ACC championship game, so they played one more game than Tennessee. Tennessee finishes eleven and two, very respectable. And yes, Tennessee will be in the top ten. I think Florida State's going to be there as well. Think about those two two schools where they were like three or four years ago. Tennessee and Florida State they were like in the bottom ten. Um, back about three or four years ago, Josh Heupel has turned the fortunes around very quickly of the volunteers. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Coach uh, Mike Norvell at Florida State's a very good coach. He's gradually, ever so gradually improved that Florida State program to the point. Now they had a 10 win season, Florida State 10 and three, they will be in the top 10. Mike Norvell's about two years ahead of coach Billy Napier at Florida, because let's face it, it's coach Napier's first year. They lost Florida, lost a bowl game, had a rough year, and a lot of people thought it was going to be somewhat of a similar down type year for Florida, finishing at six and seven. Florida State, my goodness, 10, a 10 win season, 10 and three. Tennessee wins 11 games, Tennessee 31, Clemson 14, the final score. And I, I don't have any idea how many players may have opted out of this game, but that's part of it during the bowl season. Tennessee 31, Clemson 14, the final in the Capital One Orange Bowl on December the 30th, this game being played a couple of days earlier than it usually is. And that right there, that right there says college football has changed. And I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm not saying it's for the better. I'm not going to say that at all. People still love college football. They follow their schools, their universities, their teams. There's huge fan bases behind these schools. But times are changing. So that's about the updated uh, scores from college football bowls as of December 30th. Uh, Tennessee knocked off Clemson. Tennessee 31, Clemson 14, the final score. Uh, bowl games coming up. Still got the Music City Bowl coming up. The Sugar Bowl with Alabama and Kansas State on December 31st. Michigan TCU. And that's the playoff game. Michigan and TCU December 31st in the Fiesta Bowl. 
Georgia plays Ohio State December 31st at 8 o'clock p.m. in the Peach Bowl. Those are the playoff games now. The college football Final Four, Michigan playing TCU on December 31st at 4 o'clock p.m. in the Fiesta Bowl. Michigan versus TCU. Fiesta Bowl, December 31st, 4 o'clock p.m. And then Georgia, Ohio State at 8 o'clock p.m. on December the 31st in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Then the two teams will meet. There's other bowl games coming up. The uh, Bella Quest Bowl, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, Tulane. That's going to be an interesting game. Tulane, I think if you had an 18 playoff, Tulane should be in at least a play-in game to get there. Tulane playing USC on January the 2nd in the Cotton Bowl. I think that's going to be a good one. Citrus Bowl, LSU and Purdue on January the 2nd. Uh, Utah has Penn State. The Utah Utes and the Penn State Nittany Lions play on January the 2nd in the Rose Bowl. Man, Utah's got to love that. They've only been in the Pac-12, I don't forget how many years, maybe 10, 15, 20 years. They were in the WAC, Western Athletic Conference, previous to that for many years. Um, so in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, as they used to say, Utah versus Penn State on January the 2nd. Then the College Football National Championship game will be played on January the 9th at 8 o'clock p.m., obviously on the mothership on the four-letter network ESPN. So the College Football National Championship game on January the 9th at 8 o'clock p.m. will feature the winner of the Michigan-TCU game versus the winner of the Georgia-Ohio State game. And, heck, that is going to do it for our complete look at college football bowl games, kind of wrapping it up in the early morning on December the 31st. We got a lot of podcasts coming, a lot of podcasts to do. If you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, by the way, by the way, the Jaguars, we follow the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. The Jaguars got a big one this Sunday, January the 1st. The Jacksonville Jaguars playing in Houston against the Houston Texans. The Jaguars, the point spread is down from five and a half. The Jags were a five and a half point favorite. Now they're a four and a half point favorite. This is a big game. The Jaguars in first place at the moment by a half a game. They're in first place by a half a game over the uh, Tennessee Titans. Jaguars are seven and eight. The Titans are seven and nine. Going into the game on Sunday, of course, the Titans lost to the Cowboys uh, last Thursday night by two touchdowns, uh, incidentally. And I, you know, I saw something, and we're going to talk more about this and delve more into it. I, you know, I saw some people on Facebook in our group, BigJReport.com Facebook group. I saw some people in our group saying one 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 guy in particular said, "Hey, I think I think um, I think the Tennessee Titans were resting some players in that Cowboys game." because they know they need the Jaguars' victory. The Jaguars the Jaguars versus the Titans game on January the 8th is basically, in a nutshell, for the AFC South title. However, the Jaguars really want to win that Texans game. If they win the Texans game, this, is, this sets up an interesting scenario where on January the 8th, the Jaguars have to win the game, or they can tie the game and win the AFC South title if they win this game against the Texans. So this game against the Texans 
has more ramifications than you might think. But still, it's all going to boil down to the January the 8th game, which is going to be a national TV game, I'm pretty sure, because the game time's not been set. Uh, could be even, I've even heard some people say the Jaguars-Titans game could be Saturday, January 7th, or or it's scheduled for Sunday, January the 8th. It could be at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or possibly even the Sunday night game. We will know the game time, the game day, and the ramifications, I believe, after this weekend's NFL games. Then we'll get a time and a day of the game. It's going to be a big one, Jaguars and the Titans, scheduled right now for January the 8th, but we don't have a a ga- an official game time as of yet. It'll either be 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or perhaps even the Sunday night game, which is scheduled, what, about 8, maybe 8.20 Sunday night. So we'll find out soon. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're brought to you by Elegant Time Travel and, of course, uh, Dark Diamond Entertainment. They're going to take you to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2023. Also, com, great internet radio where it's all good. Saucer Realty and Capital for your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. See Larry Saucer with Saucer Realty and Capital. You can find their link to their website on our website at bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com. Just scroll, just scroll down to the weather information, the 24-7 North Florida weather information on our site at bigjreport.com. And uh, you will find the link to Saucerility and Capital for your real estate needs here in North Florida. Don't forget about the Mad Max Mix, the internet radio music request show on Wednesday nights from 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time with Mad Max, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. And you'll find a link to the Mad Max Mix Wednesday night internet radio music request show. You'll find the link on our neighbor's in our Neighbors 2 section or the Outside the Box section at BigJReport.com. By the way, the easiest way to find the absolute most updated Teal Shirt Report podcast to the moment is go to our website, scroll the homepage. You don't have to scroll too far to find the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Scroll our homepage at BigJReport.com. And right there on our homepage of our website at BigJReport.com, you will find the very latest Teal Shirt Report podcast episode. By the way, by the way, this has been episode show number 76 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. The Teal Shirt Report podcast has been eloquently produced by Alex Nunry and also by our executive producer, J.C. Have a great day until next time. And hey, we're going to be back in just a few minutes or a few, a few hours. When you tune back in in a few minutes or a few hours, we'll have another podcast up. We're coming at you fast and furious from the Teal Shirt Report Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. My name is Scott with episode show number 76. I'm out. Hey, we'll talk to you real soon. And again, hey, have a great day. And thank you for listening.